Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. We're broadcasting this week from the A You Go By Any Other Name Would Smell As Sweet department here at Car Talk <laughs> yeah, Plaza. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> Remember a couple of weeks ago we had a call from a guy named Robert. He was from Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. He bought a used truck, and as he was driving away, the former owner shouts out to him, Take good care of Mark! So, so the former owner had named the truck Mark. Ex- exactly. And Robert wanted to change the name, and we said, Robert, get a life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've never named any of our cars. Well, huh. well, that led to an animated discussion, which then spilled onto the website about whether cars should have names, and whether people who name their cars, in fact, treat them better. And I guess you have a sample of, of some opinions offered. Is that is that right? I do, I do. And people had strong opinions on this stuff. Okay. Here's one. By our very nature, we care about things with names. When I was younger, my sister and I would pick out lobsters at the supermarket, and my sister would have no problem boiling those suckers. And once cooked, attacking them with the kind of instinctual savagery <laughs> that would have made a caveman proud. I remember one day on the way home from the store, I named the lobsters Todd and Maud. Mm. And for years, my sister was unable to look a lobster in the face, let alone eat one or kill one. <laughs> I guess that's why parents named their kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. You should absolutely not name your car. I named my Triumph TR4 sports car after my wife, and it tried to kill me. Twice. <laughs> the first time, it rolled completely over at the grand speed of 20 miles an hour and scared my dog half to death. Then it rolled again on old Route 66 in New Mexico. I have had numerous cars and trucks since then and never named any of them, and I've never had an accident since. Go figure. <laughs> wow. I'll read one here. Yeah. My in-laws had a car. I don't know the make or model that they, uh, that they named True Love. Because they said, true love never runs smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite car name was a 1974 Chevrolet Impala owned by a friend who named it Vlad. That's right, Vlad the Impala. <laughs> you can steal that if you want, Impala owners. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, Tom and Ray don't name their cars, huh? Well, how many times have I heard rapturous, wistful sighing about the sleek black beauty? Yeah, well, that's not a name. That's a description of a magnificent vehicle. Oh, I don't know. You're sleek black. I don't know. Every time you say it, man, you always get that uh, glazed-over look. And you, I, I admit you know, it. That I admit look. it. I admit it. Well, it, but it's I interesting. I have a picture of it hanging on my refrigerator. <laughs> 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 no, that, never mind. It's interesting that, that someone should bring up the sleek black beauty because listen to this suggestion. You ready? Yeah. Hey, guys, why not have a contest to name your soulless cars? Put up a picture of every car you've owned and give the car talk community the opportunity to name them. We, we all know you well enough over the years of listening to come up with some suitable names. All right, you're on, nomenclature, Brett. <laughs> we'll do that. But I'm not promising to adopt any of the names. <laughs> no, especially any names that end with box. <laughs> now, look, if you have any questions about your car, give us a call at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're... Hi, my name's Martha. I'm from Hudson, Wisconsin. You have a name? <laughs> Hi, Martha. Hi. Does your car have a name? Uh, no. Yeah, no, I think it's crazy. Uh, uh, okay, so what's up, Martha? Uh, okay, well, I was home for the summer. I'm a college student, but I went home 
uh, for the summer, and mm-hmm. I'm the oldest in my family. My family owns this um, really big 1998 Chevy van. It's like 12-passenger and it's, I mean, its purpose is for family trips because we can all fit in it. Yeah, of course. So I'm driving this thing over the summer, and every once in a while, it will all of a sudden act like it's out of gas. You know, where it just stops moving forward and goes, and you cannot, like, the steering wheel gets a little hard. Yeah. And, I mean, you put the gas pedal to the floor and it does nothing, but my brother and I figured out that, okay, so you put the gas pedal to the floor, and as soon as you lift it up, it'll, the van will jerk forward. So we would just pump the heck out of the gas pedal to get over to the side of the road, turn the car off, let it sit for a little bit, and then turn it back on, and it would run. Uh-huh. And, and it was every once in a while at the beginning of the summer, but it would get, become more frequent. And my dad kept saying, oh, it was just, we just put bad gas in it. And I didn't know that people sold bad gas, but also the... Uh, oh, they have the sign-up usually, bad gas station. <laughs> yeah. you know, and yes, and we usually avoid those. But <laughs> the last time, I don't think, the, the, the final straw was my mother was driving my sister back down to school, and she goes to Madison. Yeah. And they left the house. And they weren't gone for 15 minutes when they came back, and Mom's like, no way. It did it three times, and we're not going to try and drive this four hours down to Madison. Oh, what a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, it had a big trailer on the back, too. Oh, I mean, this, oh. this van has been through, I can't even tell you. I mean... <laughs> what year is this van again? 98. You know? 98. Ni- 98. In all this time that it has misbehaved, has the check engine light ever come on and stayed on? No check engine light, No. No. Jeez, you know, I, I hate to say this. It sounds like uh, a good old-fashioned fuel pump that's failing. Sure so does. This thing's got a hundred and some, some odd thousand miles on it. I'm sure. Oh, so many, yeah. So yeah. many, and you know, fuel pumps don't last forever. After all, it is a little electric motor uh, immersed in in the fuel, in gasoline, and and it's turning this this pump. And and from what you describe, there's insufficient fuel getting to the engine. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it could also be a clogged fuel filter, but it, it's more—it's more likely to be the pump, I think, at this point, because uh-huh. if you do get it to run all right, you can climb hills with it and all that when it's behaving well. Yes, yes, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think if it were the filter, you'd have trouble doing that. Okay. So I don't blame Mom for not wanting to take it on that four-hour trip. So, yeah, she was so right. what is your sister not going to school this semester? Uh, they, they ended up. T- her boyfriend is literally the boy next door, and they ended up rigging up something with him. So, oh, that'd be a good excuse to take the semester off and you know watch reruns of Mr. Ed or something. <laughs> I wonder if Susan could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's I think it's the fuel pump. And I'm I'm agreeing with my brother for the first time this week. Enough. I just didn't want to leave my poor little brothers and sisters in a vehicle that was going to, like, you know, get them in an accident. This, this yeah, but, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like anything terribly serious and something relatively inexpensive to replace. But but Dad's suggestion that it's bad gas, I think, is no, not likely. Bogus. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Let us know how it goes. We would be interested to know. Yeah, I will. Great. Because it's so seldom that we're right. We'd like to get some feedback when we are. Okay. <laughs> See you, Martha. Bye. Bye-bye. 888-CARD-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on. Hi, my name is Fatima, calling from Toledo, Ohio. Fatima? Yes. From where, Ohio? Toledo. Toledo. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. I have a 1989 Honda Civic that I've had for about five years, and just recently, about a month and a half to two months ago, when I'm switching gears from second to third, I hear like a crank, you know, it's like a type of noise and then when I release 
off the clutch, it seems like the engine starts to throw this really big, and I try it again. Same thing happens a couple times until it finally works. Do you have any idea? Oh, we have every idea. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have just any idea. (laughs) The reason you're getting the noise is because it didn't go into third. Bingo. Right? And it's just like you had shifted it into neutral. Okay. Okay. And the reason you're getting the the grinding noise, in all likelihood, is that the synchronizer for third gear is worn out. Uh, I don't know how to say this to you, but this, yeah, either yeah, you're going to have to. You can't break it too easy. I can't sugarcoat <laughs> it. You can't. There's nothing you can say that's going to make this any cheaper. I mean. <laughs> How how enamored are you of this third gear? I mean, if if you if we said that you could never have third gear again, would you be all right with that? No, I would I would not be okay. Well, third gear is a useful gear. There's no question about it. I only it. have four gears, so third gear is oh, it's boosting a f- me up to the fourth. Oh, it's a fourth speed. Yes. Oh, well, that's the good uh. news then. The good news is that it's probably cheap to buy one of these transmissions used. I need a whole new transmission. Well, y- yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Well, you could, I mean, there's a small chance that the problem is in the shift linkage. I doubt it, but anyone who knows anything about transmissions will be able to determine that with a test drive. My feeling from your description is that it's not part of the shift linkage, that it's internal. It's inside. I think so. I'm with with you on that. Yeah, so so you could... Which means you need new gears in there, and the easiest way to get new gears is to get another transmission. Because taking this one apart and rebuilding it will cost you a lot more than going to a recycling yard and buying a used one, you know, and having someone put it in there. Oh. And it's relatively easy to do. Yeah, but in in any case, it's going to cost you, even in Toledo... It's gonna, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean things are more expensive here, so I'm trying to just yeah, just the ahead. price for tomato. I'm saying you're probably looking at with a, if you replace the clutch as well. Oh, and well, you might as well unless that's been done recently. If you're going to do a clutch and a used transmission, I think you're looking at a thousand dollars. Oh my God! See now, now you're not so. <laughs> Wait, how many, How long have you had this car? Five years. Did your boyfriend ever drive this car for any period of time before you broke up with him? <laughs> before you're well, going to break up with him? <laughs> this one incident when he he convinced me that he could drive stick shift, put it on reverse there while he go. was driving, and yeah. uh, that was the end of that. Oh, yeah. so that is, is, as far as you know, he's only driven the car once and tried to shift into reverse while he was in motion. I, yes. How did that work out for him? Um, I was very shocked. I was driving behind him, and all of a sudden I see my white lights in the back, and yeah. I called him. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought you knew how to drive this. but So uh. you, don't, you don't know what he did to poor old third gear. <laughs> he, he might have abused third no, gear. But that was a little bit ago. I mean, this has just been a month, a month and a half. I mean, my brother abducted my car because he wanted to take it everywhere and oh he might have had his way with third gear i mean you don't know what your brother could have done to it yeah we don't know no when you have a we're car, not going to blame anybody when you have i'm blaming everybody <laughs> when you have an old car like this fatima you have to be very careful who you and discriminatory about who you let have the keys yeah. yes because your car will never come back the same i'm sure you've lent it out many times I've lent out my cars many times in the past. And they never come back. They never come back. Either they never come back, <laughs> especially if I've lent them to my sons. But if they do come back, they come back different somehow. Yeah. 
and I can't I can't quantify it all the time, but I do know there's something different. It may be something as simple as the seat position has changed, but it always feels odd. That's it, true. It feels like some part of the soul of my car has been taken away. Very true. And and maybe its name has been changed, <laughs> even though I never named my cars. But something happens when someone else drives your car, especially if it's a knucklehead younger brother. Yes. Yeah. Is it a knucklehead younger brother? It is a big knucklehead. Yeah. There you go. I mean, we should let you know that it's possible that you don't need a clutch. Okay. In so which case, the $1,000 might go down. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the question of ethics. Yeah, we got this letter from a listener named Albert Statt. Go ahead, read it. Okay, I'll read it. On today's show, you advise us that since the puzzler is on vacation, we could revisit old puzzlers on the website. But this would make me feel guilty. What would the vacationing puzzler feel about that? While the puzzler is away, we will play. Huh. Isn't that being unfaithful? Uh -huh. When Tom's wife is away, does he visit one of his former wives? <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked and appalled that you're promoting the decline of values in our society. Shape up! <laughs> Well, I might visit one of my ex-wives, but they've all moved with no forwarding address. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame them? You know, as luck would have it, we are saved by the bell. We no longer need to suggest that our listeners cavort with ex-puzzlers because the puzzler is back this week. It is? Are you starting with something bold and exciting? Something mm -hmm. electrifying? Or are you going to jump right in with one of your usual puzzlers? Jeez, <laughs> thanks for the vote of confidence. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. I'll have today's brand new puzzler in the third half of the show. In the meantime, if you have a question about your car or anything else, give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hey, guys, it's Steve from Coppell, Texas. Like K-O-P-P-E-L? No, C-O-P-P-E-L-L. E-L-L, Coppell, Texas. And where's that near? Uh, it's north of Dallas. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. What's going on, Steve? Well, uh, I got a 2002 Toyota RAV4 with about 88,000 miles, and every time I start it now, whitish-gray smoke comes out of the exhaust pipe. Uh -huh. Kind of smells like oil's burning, but I've kind of looked under the hood, can't find anything. All the seals look good, so I need help. Are you burning any oil? Uh, I mean, when you go in for an oil change, do they say, gee, Steve, you're down a quart? No. No. How many miles did you say are on this RAV4? 88. It's like new. It's not like the, the other color Fatima with little red and has 100 and something. Mine only has 88. And does this little gem have a name? No, I don't name mine. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. At least your transmission will be all right. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, and when does the smoke show itself? Uh, it shows itself in the morning after, after sitting overnight. Yeah. And I thought that was the only time it did it, but then my wife drove the car, and she said, no, it happens just about every time you start it. Right, but it it disappears after a minute or so. Exactly. Yeah, huh. you know, uh, if you're not using oil, how often do you change the oil, by the way? Oh, every 3,000. And when you change it, you, do you check it and it's full? When I change it, uh, no, I don't check it. I just say 3,000, okay, let's go change it. Ah, okay. Right, right. So, it, but, so you don't know if it's using any oil in, within 3,000 miles. Correct. But it would be nice to know. Sure. So next time before you change it, just check it. Because if, if it is, in fact, using oil, it could be that the rings are going bad. Mm. You know, I mean, Toy Toyotas have had problems, I don't know of, of any with the RAV4, but they've had problems kind of across the board with uh, uh, engines getting uh, sludged up. Uh -huh. 
you know, and, and they claim it's because the customers weren't changing the oil often enough. And what happens is when the engines get sludged up that the oil cannot return from the cylinder head back into the pan and then the engine suffers from oil starvation and then the rings get worn out. And, and then when, you're in trouble. And then when the rings get worn out, you start burning oil and it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. But if it's not consuming any oil, then there may be nothing wrong with it. I, I know uh, there are lots of cars that uh, will give you that puff of smoke in the morning for, right. you know, for a half a minute or so. And they say, oh, my God, that looks awful. But then it goes away. And I'm voting for that. Okay, well, good. That's, I mean, that's what's happening now, and I yeah. just wanted to make sure that it was nothing. Yeah, I mean, does it mean that something's going to happen farther down the line? Probably, but you may not own it then, and it may be at 180,000 miles if it happens. But it's not unusual to see uh, some engines put out that, you know, half a minute or so of smoke. Okay. You know, and, and as long as it stays at that level and doesn't seem to get worse, you know, because if it gets worse, it'll be like driving behind my brother. Yeah. My, my cars don't have any I've smoke. Fall no, because they have no oil. That's that's how you know when Tommy's out of oil. His MG starts smoking. We were going someplace one day. I forget where it was, and he was leading the way with his MG. I thought I was gonna black out. I mean, I, most people don't have to follow him, but I had to follow him that day. Yeah. And everyone else, of course, avoids him. They say get behind him at one traffic light. And they say I'm ditching this geezer, and they zoom past. They make a rude gesture, and off they go. But I had no choice but to follow him. And by the time we got to oh, our destination, I, I, I stumbled out. The, the smoke car. was. It's, it was awesome. <laughs> anyway, hope you don't get to that point, Steve. Great. And maybe I'll just sell it and be done. There, there you go. All right. Thanks, guys. Take see, care. See Thanks you. for calling, Bye. Steve. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're Hi, this is Kate from Woburn, Massachusetts. Ah, with a K. With a K. Very Woburn. good. What's up, Kate? I know where that is. <laughs> I bet you do. It's near Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> What's um, up? I was recently on a summer vacation with my husband's family. And on this vacation, my husband's mother was the one allowed to drive the rental car, which was a Dodge Magnum. Where did you go on this vacation? Um, Oregon and Washington. So you drove from Woburn to Oregon? No, we flew, and then she drove us. <laughs> oh, you flew to Oregon. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you drove around for how many days with, with dear old mother-in-law at the wheel? Um, well, just the three of us, we drove around for three days. And then as a big family, when his father and his sister came, we drove around for two weeks. Oh, so, so at one point there were five of you in, in, oh, yeah. in this car. <laughs> oh, boy, didn't you feel like falling down a staircase backwards? <laughs> I mean, that would have gotten you out of it, right? Falling down a staircase, maybe just getting out of the car. <laughs> Go ahead. All Tell right. your tale. So when just the three of us, my husband, his mother, and I, were driving around Mount St. Helens, oh. she, it was a first day, and she couldn't figure out how to put the car into a lower gear. And I oh. looked, and it didn't have, it had, you know, park, reverse, neutral, drive, and it didn't have 2-1, and it also didn't have an obvious place to put the stick to the side and go plus minus. Yeah. Later, I found out there is a way to do it, but that day we couldn't figure it out. So she's driving uh, in a way that's rather terrifying down these sinuous roads Ooh. down the, the mountain. Yeah. And my husband, who's a really bad backseat driver, is trying to, you know, get her to stop and i'm i'm in the front seat reaching around whacking him on the knees trying to get him to quiet down so she can concentrate we're having this harrowing ride and we realize that she's trying to save her brakes 
Oh, right, by not using them very much. Exactly. Right, it's a, it's a, but at the same time, she's going 80 miles an hour, exactly. careening around these turns. That are on yeah. the edges of This was an ideal time to pull over to the side and take out the owner's manual. My husband and I were, were trying to convince her that it's a brand new car. I'm sure the brakes will be fine. Just use them. <laughs> Let's use them, exactly. <laughs> so try, try as you might, you couldn't get her to really use the brakes. To... But the truth is, had she used the brakes... She could easily have had a problem because That's they could question. have overheated, mm -hmm. and that might have but, not but she, been so good. But she could have used the brakes at one point when you were doing... The, the real danger in using the brakes coming down a long mountain pass is that you ride the brakes for a long period of time. She could have put the brakes on and in the span of, of maybe uh, a thousand yards stopped the car. I see. In other words, that, would, that wouldn't have caused brake failure nor would it have caused the brakes to overheat. She could have stopped the car, right. at, at which point the three of you could have put your heads together and read the <laughs> owner's manual and found out that this, this thing has auto shift, which requires you to move the shift lever over to the left, I believe, to get it to downshift. All right, so that was my question. It was basically weighing death by zooming off a cliff <laughs> or, or you by brake failure. <laughs> you could have told your mother-in-law, the book's in the trunk. When she went out to get it, you could have jumped in the driveway <laughs> and taken off. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that you, you know, uh, I guess yeah. we all. I assume guess the message is, you should do this before you get in the car on a hill. Definitely. We all assume that a car is a car is a car, but we've learned, if we've learned anything about all these cars we test drive, is that that's becoming less the case. Yeah. Right. That every car has got some idiosyncratic thing that if you don't know how to work it, I mean, the last thing you want to do is try to figure out how to work the defroster. When you're doing 60 miles an hour and the window is fogged up so badly that you're hanging your head out like a dog trying to see where you're going. And so I, whenever I get into a new car now, I try to figure out before any danger arises how to run the basic systems. And, you know, both my husband and I only very recently have been driving automatics. We both learned to drive and drove for years. A manual car. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we're used to being, you know, the masters of our gear selection yeah, all right. the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you would have, you could have been in this car too had you had you known. But it's it's a good lesson, especially if you're going to drive on mountain roads. Maybe <laughs> Mount St. Helens. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of specific driving skills from Massachusetts, but driving down mountains is not one of them. So yeah, how right. how fast do you think she was going at it at at the worst? Oh my gosh, it felt like 60, but I have no idea. Oof. How long did it take before your heart descended out of your throat? <laughs> About 15 seconds on the way down. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, look well, at it's Kate. A, it's a difficult combination of mother-in-law and all that stuff. Oh, oh an interesting dynamic here. The shifter, the mother-in-law, <laughs> the, the mountain. Yeah, that oh. was a horrible situation. It was very exciting. Just yeah. to make a very fun essay. <laughs> oh, very, very. Or maybe a nice story for Reader's Digest. <laughs> very. Well, Next time I really want to be put on the rental car as the driver. So. Well, yeah. Kate, you know, you know what? I mean, if, if this didn't happen, you'd have no story to tell. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so it was pretty exciting. And, 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 and uh, you almost didn't. You almost didn't. <laughs> 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 didn't. See you later. Good, well, good thank luck. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. 888-CARSUCK. Bye. Bye. <laughs> It, it well, there's nothing sc scarier than 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 a mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I'm up for that. <laughs> eight 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 car talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hi guys, it's Jordy from San Francisco. What's happening, man? Well, I've got a '91 Honda Accord that's uh, named Lee, 
And uh, <laughs> it, uh, it works great. It's a great car, save for one problem, and that's that uh, when I'm driving on a hot day with the air conditioning on, uh, the brakes stop working. See, I thought an Accord would have a, a, a nice name for an Accord. I'm sorry to interrupt. Would be Ian. Why, here's my 1991 90, Accord, Ian. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. So anyway, so what happens to Lee again? Well, a hot day, air conditioning on. Yeah. Go to hit the brake pedal, and it just kind of goes to the floor. Oh. So then I have to pump it with pressure to make sure I can stop when I need to, which is fine for me. But there's a lot of people who want to borrow cars in San Francisco, and, and I'm reluctant to loan it out. Yeah, there are so many pedestrians in San Francisco. And it's not, and a good, not a good town in which to have no brakes. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, though, half the time you're probably going up a hill, in which case, it's not so bad, right? Right. <laughs> so when you say that the pedal, actually, you can notice a distinct sinking of the pedal to the floor? Or... Absolutely. Yeah, it starts off, you know, just a little bit of sinking, but eventually it'll hit the floor. How long has it been doing this? Uh, about two years. Okay. I about <laughs> so you've been driving around for two years with a car that occasionally doesn't have any brakes? It, it sounds more dangerous than, than it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I can sense that. No, and, and... it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, one good thing is nobody borrows it from you because you you obviously put the fear of God into everyone. You of can't course, drive you put my the car. fear into us. It has no brakes. Right. But, but have you ever had to rely on the emergency? This is a stick shift car? Yes. So you obviously you can downshift. Yes. Uh, you can. Have you ever had to use the emergency brake to slow you down or stop no, you? No, it, it never completely fails. Even when the pedal goes to the floor, I yeah. get some braking power, and then I just have to lift off and press again. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It builds up that pressure. Oh. You've never had to obviously open the the, the, pad, the driver's door and drag your foot <laughs> or anything my like out. that. No, no, no. Okay, well, it, I mean, it sounds like a classic case of a master cylinder that's failing. Or that's failed. Failing? And it's been failing for two years. <laughs> and and it, it's often the case with a master cylinder that isn't working that if you apply pressure, you can verify this if you want to, if you apply slow, steady pressure to the pedal, it will almost always sink down to the floor. And sometimes if you pump it rapidly or stab at the brake pedal, you'll, you'll, get, get, a pedal. you'll get a pedal. Is that, okay. is that true? Is that how it works? Well, it's true except that it only happens when it's hot. And when the air conditioning is on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the air conditioning is on when it's hot. So ha ha having true. it happen when it's hot is really the, the, yeah. the consideration here. And it may be when it's hot that the, the master cylinder, the bore of the master cylinder, when, when the ambient temperature is high, expands. Expands. You know, the hole uh, that the piston has to slide in and out of. The hole gets bigger. And when that happens, the, the likelihood is, of losing the, the, uh, the brakes is increased. Yeah. You and know, it's relatively easy to fix. Yeah, you and relatively inexpensive, so just fix it and don't be a neat meatball head. <laughs> I mean, come on, you can't drive around with no brakes. Actually, it's it's pretty easy to do, Jordy. Okay. You can go to a parts store and buy a new master cylinder for I don't know, maybe a hundred bucks. Yeah, and it'll take you twenty minutes. I think to he blacked install out. It. Someone get the smelling salts. <laughs> and and you, it's very simple to install the thing. There are basically two bolts that hold it to the. Uh, power brake booster, and there are right. two lines that screw into it, and then you need to have someone help you bleed the thing, and you bleed it by right. putting... You, have you done this before, ever? I've done a brake job before. Oh, you have? Oh, so you yep. But have you ever done... I've never done the master cylinder. I've just changed pads. And, and well, the master yeah. cylinder, once you've installed it, you have to fill up the, the reservoir with fluid, tighten the brake lines, have somebody pump the pedal a few times, and open each of the brake lines, and then each time you do that, that person's 
pedal will sink to the floor. You close yep. the line. You repeat the process, and eventually you'll purge. You'll, you'll notice you'll all, get the all the air out. coming out has no more air bubbles, and the pedal will feel good. And then you can drive. You might be able to drive to like, geez, I don't know, Muir Woods or something. <laughs> you can take it out of the city limits. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Yeah, do but, it. But, and if you don't think you can do it yourself, take it someplace because one of these days. Yeah. You know, every car made since 1967 has a dual braking system, and that's why you're not losing the whole system. You're not losing everything. Half of the system is failing. I'm guessing the front wheels are not working, and you're remaining with just back wheels working on this car. Someday that will fail, too. And, and then, then, you'll, it's goodbye, you'll, then you'll really have to put on the emergency brake, drag your shoe. I'd wear sneakers from now on, something with some, <laughs> you know, good friction. Well, this is why I called you guys. So yeah, but, thank you. But do the job. It'll, yeah, it'll do be it. easy. It'll be fun. I will. See you, Jordy. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> bye bye. Look, the kids are back at school. There's an autumnal nip in the air. That can only mean one thing, right? Yeah. I need to find a park bench over a heating vent. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's true, I guess. But it means the puzzler is back. Right. You have a new puzzler this week. Would you like to give us a hint about what's coming? Well, I, I will, in fact. Uh, you know, because the show is called Car Talk, I thought it would be appropriate if the first puzzler of the season had something to do with cars. Either that or we can change the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's an automotive puzzler, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, the new puzzler is coming right up along with more of your calls. So please stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. No, I can't seem to get away from And I have driven fast to stay free. Taos to Mexico to Tennessee. Austin was a nice place to be as I drove around in circles in my car. Bury me in my car, it has taken me very far. No matter And even though NPR security closes off the stairway to the roof whenever we <laughs> say it, this is NPR National Public Radio. Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the the new puzzler. Whoopee! <laughs> Boy, it's, you know, it, for whatever reason, this puzzler hiatus seemed longer than usual. Well, it was because you didn't show up with a puzzler for about three months. No, well, no, no, I've always... <laughs> Don't say it seemed like a long time. It was a long time. You're done complaining? <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just commenting. All right. Here you go. Pay attention. Where have you been? <laughs> Pay attention. Now. All right. One winter, I remember, an anxious customer called uh, near the end of the day, and she needed help. She had lowered her electric window to pay a bridge toll, and now it wouldn't go back up. She was getting nervous because it was one of those lousy days we get here in New England where it's starting to get misty, and you know that stuff is going to freeze overnight with yeah. the window open. It was going to be was planning to go across the river <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> anyway, Krusty told her to come on in. He would do what he could. Either it would be something simple like a fuse or something more complex and expensive, he hoped, and she'd have to leave the car overnight. Yeah. Right? Well, so at like 10 minutes to 5, she arrives, and, and Krusty tells her to pull into one of the uh, service bays. Uh, what do you want me to do, she asks. Should, should I open the hood so you can check the fuses? I, I think they're under the hood. No, Krusty says, that'll be, that's all right. 
Should I uh, turn the lights off? No, Krusty says, that'll be all right. Should I, should I turn the engine off? No, that'll be all right. Just leave everything just the way it is. Krusty's standing maybe 10 feet from the car, and very calmly, he asks her to try the window in question. Of course, it doesn't work. Mm. Okay, Krusty says, turn the lights off, turn the engine off. You'll have to leave the car overnight. I'll have Mad Dog give you a ride home. He's living in a <laughs> junkyard near your house. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, he says, that you need a new electric motor or maybe a window regulator or maybe both. Yippee! <laughs> How could you know that, she asks. You never even touched my car. Well, that's the question. How did he know? He never laid a finger on her car. He just asked her to put the window up. Yeah. And when she did it and it didn't work... He said, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Now, if you think you know oh. what it is, write it on the underside of a Celestron Sky Scout personal handheld planetarium with point-and-click GPS technology, optional Sky Tour audio presentation, built-in field guide and comet guide, and a battery-powered butt warmer for those cold <laughs> evenings and send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge, Our Fair City, Matt 022, Three, eight. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. But right now, if you have a car question for us, our number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-82. Hi, guys. This is Carl calling from Durham, North Carolina. With a C or a K? With a K, like uh, Rove and Marks. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah. So what's happening, Carl? Well, I have a 95 Honda Accord wagon. It's uh, dark green and has a big decal of a trout on the front of it. Uh-huh. We want to keep this thing running for a couple more years. Because this thing's my... got to have a name, right? This car have a name? Troutmobile. Troutmobile, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, my son okay. is about the same age as the car. We'd like to have him drive it at some point. Yeah. But the question is this. How do you know after 15, 16 years of being baked in the sun and being frozen at night and being dried out and being moist that the airbags are still going to work when you want them to? Oh, my brother's my brother still working. <laughs> All those things have happened to him. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll work. The, the system, the airbag system on every car has a self-diagnostic mode where it checks all the systems to let you know that the contacts are still working and all that stuff. And I suppose there's a chance that something wouldn't work and didn't get diagnosed, but I've never seen that to be the case. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't forget, they figured that there were going to be some cars that were going to last... 25 years and while and they, they're designed to last that long yeah they well there are disclaimers in your you know owner's manual that suggest that if something were to go wrong it wouldn't be their fault because you should have the whole system replaced at some point in the car's life but the truth is they know that people aren't going to do that yeah good luck finding a 95 steering wheel yeah. yeah and 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 they wanted to make sure that they designed it so it had enough protections so that it would work even if the car were very old, because the last thing they want to get is sued. Okay. So I think there's a fairly good chance that the airbags work. And, and this and this car has just two airbags. Yep. Has a driver's side and a and a uh, you know passenger side front airbag. There are no side airbags. There are no side curtains. There are no anything else. You know. So that, which is good. And then they'll probably and they'll both go off when when you have an accident. Or when my son has the accident. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, you may find out in a matter of weeks. So how, uh, does he have his permit yet? No, no. He's he's uh, 13 now. We want to keep it going. But I've been looking for this airbag question. I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Well, you know, uh, so you think this car is going to be around in, in what's he got three more years to go, right? Yeah, I'm hoping so. It's a Honda. It's a Honda. How many miles on it? Uh, 95. Oh, it's brand new. Relative newcomer. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what Honda's official position is on this. Have you visited their website to find out? Yeah, and I asked the you know the service guy at the dealer. He didn't know. Yeah. So you ask us? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. I mean, if the if it weren't going to work, the SRS light would come on. Okay. Now, to give you an example, I mean, Volvo originally recommended after 10 years that you have the system checked. But I guess so many people came in after 10 years. And you've got to figure the people who buy Volvos are very conscious about safety. Right. You know, and when I guess they recently changed it to 15 years because all the ones they checked had no problems. Yeah, we, our other car is a Volvo and the manual is just, you know, super attentive to safety stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they might, you know, when it gets to 15, they might go to 20. You know, so you might, I, th I wouldn't worry about it. All right. But, but, I, but I would want to say this, that, you know, as worried as you are about your son having an accident where he is at fault, other words, in other words, he drives into a tree or something, you do have to be concerned about other people crashing into your son when he's driving because he may, for example, go through a stop sign or a red light and he gets broadsided, in which case neither of these airbags right. are going to go off or help him. Right. Even if they were to go off. Okay, then he should drive mommy's car. That's he great. should drive yeah, mommy's Volvo, exactly. <laughs> and daddy should get a new Miata. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, Carl. I appreciate that. Thanks All a right, lot. All right, send us the money. All right. <laughs> Good luck. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> He's got it figured out. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888. Sneaky, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was a very, a very oh, well done. Very well done. Yeah, oh, you, have need to, to say. you need to drive mom's car. Mm -hmm. Mom's safe Volvo with all those airbags. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mom's going to get stuck driving the Accord. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're from Pittsburgh. Hi, Stacy. Is there an E in the Stacy or not? No E, just Y. Ah, that's what I thought. Stacy <laughs> from Pittsburgh. Oh, you start, you're going to branch out from Kathy now to Stacy and some of these? Well, I mean, the Stacy, some of the Stacy's have an E there after the C. Right. And some don't. So have you got some kind of a law? No, that... no, I'm working on it. Oh, always working. <laughs> okay, Stacy from Pittsburgh with no E. What's going on? Okay, well, I have a 2002 Old Valero. And it has about 99,000 miles on it. Uh -huh. When I drive in the rain or shortly after it's rained, the car, I don't know if it's the motor or the exhaust, has a noise that um, gets really deep. It'll be driving fine, and then all of a sudden, it's when you accelerate, it goes... Cool. Yeah, yeah, but it also <laughs> slows down. Oh, so it so, makes some more noise and slows down. Yes, it just doesn't have enough gumption. It just, it'll be driving fine, and then as soon as it hits a puddle or it rains, it always correlates with the water. Well, I remember there were some Oldsmobiles and Buicks uh, some years back that had this growling problem when, when the cars went through puddles that were more than a few inches deep. Okay. And it's because the, the exhaust pipe leading from the engine was a double-walled pipe. And ah. what would happen was the cold water hitting the this this pipe would cause it to contract rapidly, obviously. And the other inner pipe, which is you know probably over a thousand degrees, if not more than that, would be impinged upon by this rapidly contracting outer shell, and would make this <laughs> kind of noise, which you may think is diminishing your power, too, because it's so... Makes so much noise that you think it should be going fast. <laughs> right. You think it should be going faster for the amount of noise that it's making, or maybe you, you are unconsciously backing off on the gas pedal, or you're so scared that you think, oh, God, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I think that may be it and nothing more than that. Okay. 
You know, so if you really said, oh, no, I've got this thing floored and the car won't go. No, that doesn't seem to be the case. I have gone through, I'm on number three of my catalytic converters, though. You are? And yeah, really? I don't know if that has anything. Number three? Number three. In really? 99,000 miles. Yes. That's, is, is, that's uh, unusual. Is the current converter that's on there, is it a factory one or is it an aftermarket one? Or is it a junkyard one? <laughs> uh, it's not a junkyard one, <laughs> but I... I don't know if they make them anymore, brand like from the factory. Cause oh yeah, they probably do. Do they? Okay. Yeah, even yeah. though they don't make brand new Oldsmobiles anymore. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what. Yeah, they, they still make the parts because it probably there's some Buick that you know a Chevrolet or something that it fits in all likelihood. Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure it's not from the factory. So you got this done at like Joe's gas station or something like that. Close herbs. Herbs. I, <laughs> I know. I I know it was herbs. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't think it's the converter. If you if you contacted Herb about this noise. No. No, but I think I think my idea is right. I don't think it's the converters. No, I don't okay. think so either. Okay. Yeah. And you just think it's just going to make the noise and it's okay? Well, there, there may be a new pipe that you can put in there that, that was uh, built to address this problem. And the only way you're going to find out is... A is dealership. It, is either, well, either a GM dealership or perhaps if Herb has access through either All Data or Mitchell's, the uh, online services that, that let you know about uh, technical service bulletins. Okay. But you can also find out at your library. Oh. I think you can go to your library and find out if there are recalls or service bulletins. Some libraries have a service that is available only to libraries that allow you to get information like this. Okay. So you might try your local library if Herb doesn't have any idea. Okay. And if he doesn't have access to technical service bulletins, maybe you can go to the library together. Oh, well, we could. Herb, <laughs> is Herb cute? <laughs> Yeah, there you oh, go. There you go. <laughs> Make a date out of it. <laughs> Good luck, Stacy. But I wouldn't worry about it. Great. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. What are you bye. doing tonight, Herb? <laughs> I like it. Eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eighty two fifty five. Hello, you're on. Hey, how you doing? My name is Jim, and I'm from Oxford, Ohio. Hey, Jim, what's going on? Well, I have an ethics question for you. Oh, how uh, uh, how would we know the answer to that? <laughs> All right, give it to us. All right, uh, I. I had a 1971 Lotus Europa, yeah. and I was rebuilding the engine with my best friend. Uh, we got the car from his uh, grandma, grandpa. Oh. We were uh, late evening, really late, rebuilding the engine for the second time, because we did it wrong the first time. <laughs> and we're putting the starter on and the alternator on, and I'm on the alternator side, and he's on the starter side. And I always learned to push with an open hand with a wrench. And I pushed with an open hand, and the wrench flew out of my hand and into his mouth and broke his tooth, mm. and he had to get an implant. So oh. I'm curious, and he argues with me, you always push a wrench with a closed hand. And I say, no, you always push a wrench with an open hand. So wow. what is the correct? Oh, well, I'll wow, tell you. That's, it, a, that's a great question. It, if there's a chance of smashing your knuckles. Wait a minute. There's a chance of someone being <laughs> sued here. Yeah, so so I, I, more important. I take it your friend wants you to pony up for the implant. I had a party, and I, I had a party, and we played pin the tooth on the Carl. His name's Carl. <laughs> and we raised $30 Thirty dollars for his implant. Oh, well, you have to throw a lot of parties to... Uh... Yes. I mean, I, get, I would gather an implant's a couple of thousand bucks, right? It costs about two grand, I believe, yes. I have to say that I don't think I've hardly ever... Used a wrench with an open hand. Oh, I have many times when there's a chance that your knuckles are going to get smashed into an adjacent piece of metal. Yeah, and that's the only time you'd ever do it. <laughs> yeah, that's Otherwise, the... you'd have a closed fist. 
Yeah, I right. usually grab a, a wrench with a closed hand. Closed hand. Yeah, yeah. A closed hand. I don't know where you got because, your little rule here, Well, because there's, because there's less of a chance that the wrench can fly off and smash somebody else in the exactly. kisser. Exactly, right. You know, jeez, uh, <laughs> Jim. So, so, so I the, am definitely at fault. He is correct. I think so. He is correct, but... Uh, did he have his mouth open at this? Was... He did have his mouth open. For some ah. reason, he looked up and smiled as the wrench flew at him. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> well, the real important question here, yes, and the one that must be answered is, how does the car run? Well, the car <laughs> runs great. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and are you sharing the car? I mean, the car is a joint effort, and that. Well, I ended up selling him the car for what I had in it. Oh. Ah. And then he sold it to somebody else. This has been a year now. Oh, so you on speaking uh. terms? Yes, we are. We're, we're still best friends. Oh, we, great. Did yes. he did he make money selling the car? Uh, I believe he sold it for what I sold to to a friend of his. Huh. Well, I think we sold it for three thousand dollars, and I'm a teacher, and he bought me three thousand dollars in ones while I was doing recess duty <laughs> in a paper bag. <laughs> and paid me for it. Perfect. He paid me. And you said, "What's that for, Mister?" <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, ah. Uh... So he's had the tooth fixed, obviously. Yes, he has. And he looks normal now. And he doesn't, doesn't... As normal as Carl can look, yes. As normal as Carl can look. I mean, if you suggested that maybe you pay half of it? You know, he never suggested. I, I kind of said, do you need some money? He said, don't worry about it. And he tells me I shouldn't feel guilty. But, you know, quite honestly, I still feel guilty to this day. Yeah. Wow. I, I think you should, yeah, throw him another party, and there should be a cake with uh, $1,000 bills in it. <laughs> Huh. And I think he, I think he'd accept it. I think he might. Yeah, yeah he yeah. might. And you certainly would never want money to get in between a friendship. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, unless it's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the right thing to do is to is to offer to pay him half and make him take the money. All right. He'll do it. All right. All right. See All you, right. Jim. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. -bye. Well, it's happened again. You've squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Hmm? Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin the Barbarian and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the Herald Square, Roast Beef Rare, Angel Hair, Pomme de Terre, Fruit de Mer, Prickly Pear, Ice Declare, Chilled Sancerre, and Gummy Bear Bill Affair is John Bugsy Lawler. <laughs> Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin Overa. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Mohammed Ahmed Ahmed. Our martial arts trainer is Anita DeGroin. Our wine snob is Noah Merlot. Our hangar management coach is Kirsten Hollard. Our bathroom designer is Buck Hauser. Our Russian chauffeur is Beekoff and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn. And the head of our working weather support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the frat boys relieving themselves on John Harvard's brass shoes in Harvard Square as you, Louis Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack. The Tapper Brothers, don't drive like my brother. And don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of this show, which is number 737, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK. 
or by going to the Shameless Commerce Division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, check out our new Car Talk community where you can post car questions and get answers from other people out there. Yeah, but how do you know if the answers are right or not? You know, but the odds are better than when they call us. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Check out the new and improved Car Talk community at cartalk.com. Car Talk is a production of Dewey Cheatham and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though Big Bird prays for an offer from the Discovery Channel whenever <laughs> he hears us say it, this is NPR National Public Radio.